Welcome to episode 1E of Cool Clear Water, the inaugural eight-episode series of the 40-Day Hero's Journey podcast, the podcast of original stories where fictional characters find themselves in life situations, and we explore how average folks can be heroes, just like in Hollywood films. My name is Richard Leipold Schneider, and I create these stories following the steps of my book, The 40-Day Hero's Journey. My goal is to show how being a hero isn't reserved for a select few. On the contrary, being a hero is possible for everyone. We are halfway through our story, and I am eager to discover what happens next. So let's get right to it with Episode 1E, Tears Will Fall. As you know, Alex fainted in the middle of a panic attack at the end of the last episode. We pick up her story as she regains consciousness. Alex slowly opens her eyes. It takes a moment for her vision to clear, but she is still unable to discern what she is looking at. Is that the sun shining in her eyes? She winces from the brightness, and as a result, her sight returns to complete focus. Oh, of course, she is looking at the ceiling of Moby. A recessed light fixture is what appeared to be the sun a moment ago. Alex realizes her team laid her on her back and elevated her feet. Tingyu is talking. Alex begins to understand what she is saying. Just stay there a couple of minutes. You fainted, so go slow. Mateo offers Alex an ice pack, but she doesn't think it's needed. So instead, she takes deep breaths that make her feel better. She pulls herself up to a sitting position. Her head swims slightly, but steadies quickly. She will be fine. Looking at the floor next to her, she realizes Max is concerned too. His big dark eyes seem to be searching for confirmation that she is okay. He places a paw on her leg. She returns the favor with a pat on his head to let him know she is. Alex asks Tingyu and Mateo for some space. A cup of tea will clear the last cobwebs and give her time to think. Making tea is calming for Alex. Filling the electric kettle, her favorite cup, and the aroma when she opens the tea bag. Even the click of the switch turning the kettle on plays its part. This simple routine settles her, comforts her so, perhaps, she can make sense of the current situation. There have been incidents of panic before, but she learned how to calm herself in advance of a full-blown attack. A knack for seeing the good in the world with kindness and curiosity made it easy to persevere through the bad. She thinks back to college and how the COVID-19 quarantine made the simplest tasks difficult. Yet, she made the best of it by embracing online classes. And the real lesson was realizing that being alone isn't the end of the world. Self-dependence has served her well. Every part of her life has led her to this career, 
Her strengths are perfect for this job, and they are sufficient for all aspects of her life. That is, until John forced her to be the team leader. The electric kettle clicks off, and she pours the boiling water into her cup. It is easy to take clean water for granted. She grew up with water contamination issues that led her to a fundamental need to provide clean, clear, and safe water to everyone. That is her one hope. The Cepeda system makes that hope attainable. It catches water quality issues before they are a problem. She is proud that she is a part of the solution and wants to continue doing that. Why can't she just do that? Why must she lead? The hot cup feels good in her hands. Eyes closed, she lifts it to her nose. The aroma of the jasmine in her tea floats her to a better place. When she feels she is ready, Alex looks out the front windshield of Moby and sees what she fears most. All of those people are rightly concerned. They have questions, and they want answers. She has the answers, but she does not want to be the one to deliver the information to them. Instead, she wants to hand her knowledge to someone and have them do it. Wait, maybe that's the idea I need, Alex ponders. The task in front of her isn't one thing. There are two parts to it. Part one, aggregate the investigation data. Start by putting everything together. Tingyu, Mateo, and Alex as a team are professional, accurate, and efficient. Part two, deliver it to the public even if the thought of it makes her want to hurl. And maybe there is a chance someone else will be here by that time and she can hand the data off. She turns to Tingyu and Mateo to outline her rudimentary strategy. They agree with the plan, but suggest that she make initial contact with the mayor to make assurances that they are working to resolve the issues. Alex would rather postpone contact, but she knows they are correct and agrees with their assessment. The need to hurl becomes more immediate. Deep breaths, Alex, she says to herself. She puts on an air of confidence and addresses her team. Okay, you get started, and I will be right back after talking to the mayor. Alex steps into the mid-afternoon sun. A gentle breeze billows her hair lightly behind her. Today would be perfect in any other situation. Moby is parked just down and across the street from City Hall, so Alex follows the sidewalk to the corner to take an indirect route to the mayor thus avoiding the crowd of people. At the corner, she sees the street signs that tell her she is at the intersection of 4th Street and Malarkey. She thinks to herself how she hopes that isn't ironic. Spelling is different, but all the same. She walks directly to the mayor with credentialed hand outstretched and says, Mr. Mayor, my name is Alexandra Hayfield. I am here on behalf of EPA. Can I please have a word with you? Well, your timing is impeccable, the mayor replies. Let's go to my office, shall we? You look a little pale. You feeling okay? Their conversation doesn't take long, and as a result, Alex quickly returns to Moby to join in the data aggregation. She tells Tingyu and Mateo that she asked the mayor for about an hour for her team to pull together recent data. 
She would then be ready to give either a preliminary report to him or the media. The choice would be up to him. Alex hoped he would choose not to include the media, but wasn't surprised when he decided, let's not beat around the bush and get these fine folks home with what they need. He is a no-nonsense kind of guy. Tingyu and Mateo are well into data aggregation. Since all three know what is needed, Alex can join in seamlessly. The work simply flows, and the straightforward process is calming for Alex. However, the stomach butterflies return as they get closer to completion. Just keep breathing in and out. In and out. Once the data is ready, they load it onto a few different data transfer devices to cover whatever tech the city hall has available. Alex checks her phone, hoping for a miracle message that anyone but her is here to take the lead. No such luck. Alex makes her way back to City Hall. With help from the staff loading the presentation into her projector, she is now ready to start. Two news teams are attending what Alex is now calling a briefing. News 4 and Fox 11, both out of Reno. Everyone else is a member of the community. The mayor introduces Alex from a podium with microphones set up in front of the main entrance. She steps up to begin. A catcall whistle from an unseen face in the back hurls at Alex. She does not appreciate this behavior. A presentation like this is hard enough as it is. Alex begins to speak softly while looking down at her notes. In response, someone calls out, You're going to need to speak up, missy. She feels her knees getting weak. Come on, Alex, you can get through this. She takes a deep breath, clears her throat, and begins again, but louder. As you all know from the numerous Cepeda water test point alerts, a contaminant was detected. These warnings are so recent that we have not confirmed the contaminant. However, a test point alert occurred on Thursday, the 20th of last week. We believe that the contaminant is arsenic from testing completed at that time. EPA is committed to thoroughly investigating all alerts, identifying the source of said contamination, and implementing a remediation plan. A reporter from News 4 blurts out, Can you tell us the location of the first test point alert? Alex replies annoyedly, I was going to ask for questions at the end, but okay. It was one of the irrigation wells on the property of Winnemucca Farms. There is a hum of voices as the attendees share reactions amongst themselves. Not to be left out, the Fox 11 reporter asks, Is there any indication that Winnemucca Farms caused the contamination? Alex realizes she is rapidly losing control of the briefing. She puts the projector remote control on the podium and gives up on the presentation. There is nothing that leads us to believe it is farming related. At this time, we are focusing our efforts on gold mining operations given the relationship between arsenic and gold. We have developed a plan targeting the area we believe is the most likely location of the contamination. We will be starting that search first thing tomorrow morning. 
In the meantime, everyone should get all water for drinking, cooking, and cleaning from outside sources. Bottled is easiest. Some filters eliminate arsenic. Boiling does not eliminate arsenic. EPA offices will be coordinating with the mayor's office to help everyone get what they need until we can remediate the contamination. Where will you be searching? A town member asks. We will be focusing our efforts on the eastern ridge and basin of Paradise Valley. I'm sorry, did I just say eastern ridge? I meant western ridge and basin. You're the expert, honey. You tell us. A large portion of the crowd laughs at this statement. That's not funny. Alex doesn't appreciate being made fun of. She tries to shake it off, but it adds to the building stress. Alex also realizes her last statement could start locals to join the search. But please, let me stress that everyone must avoid the area so we can conduct our investigation safely and efficiently. How long will it take for you to find the problem and fix it so we can have clean water? Her voice has an edge of acidity. I hope we can find it tomorrow, maybe the next day. But remediation will take several weeks, or maybe even months, depending on the extent of the contamination. Alex is eager to persevere, but unfortunately, there is growing animosity, and it makes her give too much information. Without prudence to reassure and console the community, she is fanning the fires of opposition to what she is saying. So this briefing could get out of hand. Alex begins to look for a way to wrap up the briefing since this high-stakes situation makes her want to shrink from leadership responsibility. As I stated earlier, EPA will be coordinating with the mayor's office to provide the Winnemucca community with everything needed. The briefing ends before everyone's questions are answered because Alex decides it is over. She retreats to Moby with Max and cries. What just happened? It is not her fault if this whole thing blows up. John should never have put her in charge. Alex's cell phone rings and she almost throws it against the wall. But instead, she stops and tenses her shoulders for a few seconds. She then answers the phone with only a slight annoyance in her voice. It is John calling to check how things are going. She starts to tell him, but then it occurs to her that he already knows how it's going. The mayor called EPA and complained about me, didn't he? There is a moment of silence before John answers. Yes, he did call EPA. However, I would not say he complained about you. Instead, he asked for more detailed information on the plan you mentioned during the briefing. Look, Alex, I know this is difficult for you. I understand that you would prefer I was there taking care of public and private communication. The good news is that I will be leaving to join you in the morning. Alex perks up immediately. You mean I won't need to do more direct contact? John slowly and carefully chooses the following words. And I will be helping you to learn how to be an effective communicator in these situations. What? Wait, John interrupts her. Alex, you have an incredible grasp of the entire Cepeda system. Your knowledge combined with improved communication skills will make you better at this job than me. 
He continues, I want you to think about one thing between now and when I get there tomorrow afternoon. I find it helps to add a little humor to the front end of a press briefing or conference. It shows you have confidence in your ability. Okay, I should be there sometime mid-afternoon. See you then. Alex ends the call. Her phone in hand drifts to the tabletop. He wants me to be funny? The tears flow uncontrollably. I looked for a poem, a poem about her tears, and all I found around were rooms filled with her fears. Promise me we will meet here again next week. I think Alex will need our help. Both pieces of music used in today's episode are by the phenomenal Christopher Moe Ditlifson. The 40-Day Heroes Journey theme music is Longing for Home, and the theme music for Episode 1E is Desert Hideout. All music and sound effects are courtesy of EpidemicSound.com, the market-leading platform for restriction-free music heard around the globe.